Welcome to Passion Point Podcast, encouraging listeners to live from the passion that flows from a strengthened and authentically lived identity. Passion Point starts now. Welcome to Passion Point Podcast. Super excited to have you here today. I'm Lori Tapia, your host, and I have an amazing guest with me today, Javier Buelna, pastor of RTLA Church in Los Angeles, just an amazing servant of God, son of God, um, father, husband, grandfather, just an amazing, amazing human being. And so I'm super excited to have Javier with us today. Javier, thank you for joining me on Passion Point. Um, thank you for just accepting this invitation. You are one who lives by passion. Um, what I've been able to see and, and know of you, your heart is filled with passion through the ups and downs of life. And so I'm just super excited that you're here today. Um, Tell us about what lights you on fire. Wow. Well, what lights me on fire on changes from season to season, but there's certain things that have always been there. And one of them has always been adding value to people. Mm. You know, creating solid, pure, organic relationships and champion people forward, uh, not just individually, but also our culture our family, our children, uh, our churches, you know, that, that, that's what, that's what keeps me alive. Knowing that I can share what God's given me or allow me to, to receive and just kind of impart that into someone else and coach them through it and love them through it and walk with them. And then, and then see the end result and see the fruits of that. For me, that that's, that's something that, uh, that I live for. I love to teach. I like to mentor. I love to coach. I love to preach the word of God, but I think more more than anything, I like to have real life conversations, mm. raw conversations. That 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 pretty much that that's what feeds me. Raw conversations. Most people run from raw conversations, right? Because we live in a world that's very superficial and you know, it's, it's, we know each other on the outside from the outside in, but not the inside out. Right. And so how does that impact like, like who you are as as Javier, right? That first level, like like Javier living from that space. But how does that impact all the other areas of your life, right? Like you're, you're a husband, right? You're a father, you're a pastor, all of these different roles. How, how do you navigate filling your cup with what you need in your level of passion to fill others, but also making sure that you're doing that for you? You know, now I know it. Now I, now I understand this, but for many years, I spent 90% of my time, resources, investment, growing the pastor, growing the leader, and about 10% growing the person. You know, until you crash against the yeah. wall. Yeah. Now you hit rock bottom, you realize that everything starts with self. If I don't grow myself, then how can I grow as a pastor? How can I grow as a husband? How can I grow as a father? How can I grow as a grandfather? How can I grow as a leader? And I think it starts with self. But you can't even get around to growing self if you if you don't if you first don't deal with all the re unresolved issues and things mm -hmm. in our lives in our interior world that has kept me from loving myself, accepting myself validating myself and you know what i've learned in this past season being kind to myself mm. i can't be that's kind out there if i'm not kind to myself 
Yeah. But but all these things that I just mentioned, we know, we heard, we've heard of them, we've learned, but it's so hard to apply it because something inside of us makes us feel that if we give ourselves attention, we're selfish, we're we're arrogant, we're prideful, we're whatever. So in order for me to be a, a successful, just for lack of mm-hmm. successful pastor, leader, mentor, coach, father, grandfather, friend, I have to start with me. Yeah. I, I have to, I have, I have to start with me. And the way and how I start with me is developing self-awareness and not just self-awareness, but self-awareness in real time. Mm. You know, mm. everyone eventually yeah. arrives to self-awareness, right? Cuando agarras la onda, se te prende el foco, right? Yeah. But what if it takes you five years to arrive to self-awareness, then you look back and realize, man, look how, look at everything yeah. I lost. Yeah. Look at my marriage. Look at my ministry. Look at my children. Look at my my business. Look at my my life. So, so I've learned to develop self-awareness in real time, mm-hmm. meaning that I'm very in tune with who I am and what's happening inside of me as I'm experiencing in real time. Well, the only way to develop self-awareness in real time is to get yourself in a position, in a space, and around people where they can hold you accountable. Well, you can't even be held accountable if you're not willing to be vulnerable. Hmm. Yeah. And people are so free of being vulnerable. We're so afraid to be judged, be rejected, be pushed aside, be criticized. So so we're we're afraid to be vulnerable. Now, vulnerability is not just the admission of wrong and weak or whatever. Vulnerability is also the birthplace, right? To everything you're going to become. So so if you want to become better here or better husband, better leader, better that, it's it's, it's nearly impossible for you to become that will give birth to that without vulnerability. There's a saying that I use all the time, right? Your best you matters. And, And in order to get to that, your best you, you have to confront um, that giant, you just said it, right? This this idea of, you know, putting myself first, loving myself. Um, there's a, a quote that I have in my book that I use that that says it's it's not selfish to love yourself. It's selfish not to, because if you're not well, what are you robbing of yourself from others, right? Because we're meant to to pour into other people's lives. Like we're meant that by being my best me. Like I'm better for the people around me. And when you're able to be the best Javier, the people around you reap in that blessing, right? And so, you know, we, especially as Latinos, right? You know, you, you're taught, you know, todos comen primero, todos esto primero, todo, everybody before you. So we're taught this, um, you know, this this way to serve and and that way of serving is very sacrificial, but we we misinterpreted sacrificial, I think. I think we've misinterpreted that by thinking sacrificial means that I like I have to go without. I, I don't believe that's what that what God is asking us to do. I believe God is asking us to make sure that we fill our cup so that we can step aside and let other people go before us, but not not at our own cost, right? It's like or losing yourself. Yeah, yeah, not with not being you know, sickly because you're not doing what you need to do for you, but you're lifting all these other people up. What is that really saying? Right. 
and, and you know, like it's been said, you can't you you can't pour from an empty cup, right? Mm -hmm. You can't serve from an empty cup. Um, you it starts with self, and I think you have to reverse your psychology from living externally to living inside out. And that's mm -hmm. how I live. I live inside out, meaning mm -hmm. that whatever happens here, for you know, is gonna be is gonna originate here. Yeah, yeah. And it's like you know, above all things, guard your heart because you know, de ahí brota la vida. Yeah. The quality of your life stems from the quality of your heart. Mm. If there are things in your heart that are bad and evil and dark and whatever, that's what's gonna manifest in your life. Yeah. So. Everything starts with self, you know, something that really changed my, uh, the way I carry myself in marriage is that one day Cynthia, because she understands health and, you know, doing the work, she said, babe, I want God to be first in your life. Mm -hmm. He goes, and then I want you to be second. Yes. Because oh. if you don't place you before me, you will always mistreat me. Yes. Thank you, Cynthia. <laughs> wise, wise woman. And that just shifted the divine order. Yeah. Yes. Because if you don't know how to be kind to you, you can't, you will never be kind to me. That's you so will good. Me, you will treat me exactly how you feel about yourself. Right. And then, I mean, scripture tells us you can't love your neighbor if you don't love yourself. Yeah. 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 But, but the question is, how do you begin to love yourself? And I, and I think before you even try to love yourself and embrace yourself, you got to call yourself out. Mm. Yeah. And not many people are willing to do that because either, you know, I want to continue deceiving and ignoring what I need to deal with because that is going to just give me this brutal reality. And then it's, or do I just do the hard, painful work of calling myself for what it is, confronting it, and sowing the seed so I can give birth to who I know I really want, need to be or want to be, you know? So it's a process. Yeah. So like for you, when you, you know, you think about this passion, right? The, the things that you're passionate about, I, I think we all have, I think we all have lots of passions, right? Things that we're passionate about, but what I believe is that there's there's this underlying passion within, right? That kind of influences all these other things, and it shifts and it goes in different in different ways in different seasons, and it does all of these things. How have you confronted like the different seasons in in your life with with trying to keep integrity to that passion? Wow, that's a loaded question. <laughs> Because <laughs> we can go different ways, right? <laughs> I I think I do believe there's an underlining passion in every person, and there's things that, regardless of what age season you're in, it's like they're always it's always there, right? Certain mm -hmm. passions, certain passions. But I also also believe that that there's there's certain passions that kind of shift or change from season to season. Uh, let me start in my now. Well, my third grandson was born nine months ago, and uh, I have two other grandkids, a 10-year-old and a six-year-old, and the nine-month-old, when he was born, this new passion just mm. grew in, in my heart, 
And I realized that it changed the way I prayed. Prior to that, you know, we pray for things, right? We pray, yeah. Lord, we pray for the church and growth and leaders and provisions and, and you know. But I remember I caught myself praying, Lord, give me enough years so that I can see my grandchildren step into their purpose. Mm. Yeah. And that that was this newfound passion to live. To live, but also your passion reveals to you the how can I put how can I put it? the 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 things that you need to do in order to fulfill that passion. So if my passion is to see my grandchildren step into their purpose, then I need to live long enough to see them into their purpose. And if I want to live long enough, that means I need to be healthy. So if I want to be healthy, then I need to start making adjustments in my life so I can be. So, so when you discover your, you have to wrestle with your passions. I think that you, your passions are vivid. They're there. But I think that if you want to fulfill them, you have to wrestle with your passions because your passions will reveal the things that you need to change in order to fulfill that main thing you're passionate about. So there's responsibility in it. There's responsibility in it. Because there's people that say, I'm passionate about this. Like, right, like you mentioned at times, you know, one of your favorite things to say is yes and amen. Mm -hmm. So many people say yes to so many things, but, but hardly ever carry it out. Yeah. It's not until you say, amen, I'll do it, that regardless mm -hmm. of the cost, I'm going to commit to this. I think you can be passionate about something and yet not be your priority. Yeah. You know, there's people that like, for example, like I led worship teams for many years and I realized people are like, oh, I'm so passionate about worship and I'm so passionate. And then they get to rehearsal and they're like, did you rehearse? Did you practice? They're like, oh, no, I, I have not. <laughs> so you're not passionate about it. You just you just mm -hmm. like the idea. Yeah. So sometimes people, they fall in love with the idea of how something makes them look. Yeah. And they call it passion. Passion, I believe, is something that grabs you down deep in your bottomless soul that you that you refuse to give it up when life itself is trying to strip it away from you. Yes. When pain is trying, you know, try, is trying to strip it away from you. With life issues, with ministry, people. If, 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 if it's deep down there and you still want to carry it out despite all, then I think it's passion. Don't say you're passionate about this because God will test how passionate yeah. you are about this. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, passion, passion leads to action because if it, if it doesn't, then I question whether it's passion or not. Right. Like you said. And so passion leads to action and those actions should be revealed and lived out as purpose. Right. And so the, it, it, passion technically becomes like this roadmap for us to be able to, to live into, to, to all that God is calling us to be right. You know, we're not puppets. So God doesn't expect this and that, you know, I, I often question when people are like, well, it's cause I'm waiting for God because I don't want to make a mistake. And I, I know I don't want to make a decision. I'm like, well, you know, there's, there's not a, a, you know, a right road and a wrong road. There's what road are you going to choose? God is going to go with you. And God is going to be with you. And if later you discover maybe that wasn't the best road, then God's going to be with you to help you realign that and adjust that, right? But when you are when you learn to live from passion, right? The, the whole purpose of this podcast is that, is to help people understand that there's something that God has placed within us that is meant 
to, to be like that spark that helps us stay connected to who we truly are, right? I think it's part of that DNA that, that God designed that only God's architecture could do for us. And so it shifts and it, it morphs and it does the things that is kind of fluid, right? Because we live in different seasons and people are people and we're all humans and we, we, we do stuff that, that just causes us to live in the ups and downs of lives. But when you can learn to identify that passion and allow that to be like the source that helps you live, it creates a whole new ripple effect in who we are. How does, you know, there's challenges to that, right? <laughs> there's challenges to that. What, 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 what do we do with that? You, you know, uh, one of the, one of the ways I've been able to understand passion and, and literally communicate it is it's so easy to carry, carry out an assignment while externally you have the resources, the support, the right pieces, the right time, you know, and this and that. Passion, you will discover passion when everything else outside of you turns off, shuts down, yeah. and something inside of you turns off. That's when you know it's passion. You know what I mean? That's when you know, man, I had no idea this really had a hold on me. Because when everything else outside you turns off, passion turns on. In fact, when you're passionate about something, you don't have to cultivate it. It's natural. It's natural. Mm -hmm. It is natural. Like, for example, let's say uh, I'm passionate about reaching the promised land. Right. And it goes back to what you said earlier. Some people are like, God, please confirm, affirm, you know, it's a US and now should I go? Should I stay? Well, if you're passionate about reaching the promised land, you would you would do whatever it takes to get there. And two, you will stop waiting for God to confirm and affirm every time something goes wrong, if you should continue going towards the promised land. Right? That you, you can see. The Moses generation and the Joshua generation, you know, the Moses generation, God said, uh, I will go before you and pretty much clean the way. And you're going to easy, ease your way into the promised land, right? Well, that didn't work. So then the Joshua generation, he said, go, I'll be with you. That pretty much. Totally different narrative. Right? Totally different narrative. So, but, but regardless whether God goes before you or regardless whether He's allowing you to go and he'll back you up. Passion is what's going to drive you forward. Yeah. Passion is passion is saying, I'm willing to do what it takes. I'm willing to pay the price. And even if no one supports me, finances me, or agrees with me, I'm willing to move forward with this. That's passion. It has to be connected to identity. Right. It has to be connected to identity because and not the the identity that's superficial. I, I talk about in Hello, Nice to Meet Me. I talk about three layers, an outer layer, which is like everyday life, the superficial who you are on the outside. Right. A, a middle layer, which is kind of those childhood things that tend to want to always stay around. And then there's the inner layer, which is really that God's architecture for your design, your life. Right. It's like who you are in God's eye, who are, who, who are you when you strip everything else away? And, and that part of identity, I think we, we struggle as humanity to even get there sometimes because we're so busy getting caught up in the, 
I'm good at this. I can do this because we're, we can be good. You can learn to be good at almost anything, but is it connected to that passion, right? Do all of those things feed passion? You know what? I mean, that's, that's a deep question because I've, your passion needs to be connected to identity in order to really understand if your passion is pure passion or is it just infatuation? Mm, yeah, it's a good way to go. Or, or is it it's a lust because lust is not just sexual. Lust is lust. Mm -hmm. you know, we lust for power. We lust for position. We lust for attention. We lust for this, you know, because there's people that, that do things not because they're passionate about about it because they do things because it makes them look good mm -hmm. it opens doors for them it produces yeah. finances whatever it is right so so i think that your identity needs to be connected to your passion because you no longer do it for how it benefits me right mm -hmm. this world or i don't do this because it makes me look good i do this because i'm truly passionate about this yeah yeah right like, like I can be, I can be an executive, but if I'm passionate about serving my local church, you know what I mean? And, and just kind of like, you know, uh, maintaining the facilities, I, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm not longer doing it to portray how humble I am or, or, you know, I'm not doing it to kind of like ease my way into leadership. Uh, no, I'm doing it because I'm passionate. That's what I like to do. Yeah. I don't do it for the glamour. I don't do it for the position. I don't do it because, you know, it, it gives me FaceTime. I don't do it. I do it because I. that's what makes me feel good. I, I think passion, when you carry out passion, it, it brings a level of contentment and satisfaction and fulfillment. And fulfillment. And in, in, in other words, when you carry out your passion is what gives you life. It what makes you feel yeah. fully alive. Yeah. I feel fully alive when I carry this out. Whether I'm being seen or not, guess what? I enjoy doing it. I feel alive when I carry this out. And I think that's that's why your identity needs to be connected to your passion. Because then you have to really, really know why you do what you do. You know and nothing I mean? breeds more bitterness than living an unsatisfied life. Oh, yeah. M most definitely. I think, and I think that's that's humanity. Yeah. Humanity as a whole, we do things that don't bring any sat any satisfaction. In fact, uh, I was having a, a meeting with my executive team, and you know, one of my executives, you know, approached me, and we talked about job descriptions and increase and all that cosa. And in that conversation, when I shared with them, I said, you know what? Uh, it's very hard to define what full time ministry really is, because. I said, you can't measure it based on dollars and cents. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Tell them, preaching to the choir. <laughs> you know, you can't measure it based on dollars and cents. No. You know, it, it, you can either be technical and say, okay, this is your job description. This is how much you can pay. Black and white. Guess what? You do your work. I pay you. That's it. Right? But what about the ministry side of it? How, how yeah. can you measure what's 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 full-time compensated work versus what's ministry servanthood type of involvement? 
So the only th the only way you can actually reconciliate that and come to grips with that is what are you passionate about? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, th I think people sometimes, you know, there's, I think there's a dual reality. There's yeah. a parallel to that, right? Because as, as human beings, you know, in the church and outside of the church, right? We got to make a living. Yeah. A and sometimes we find ourselves um, having to take that job, having to step into that role, having to, you know, to do this so that I can put food on the table for my kids, right? And it can be hard for people to realize just how draining that can be. But the reality is you you can do those things. But I think it's important that then you continue to do the work to cultivate your passion because then you can find a way to live out those things that fill that passion and, and, and fill that part of your life so that when you're having to do the job that brings home the, 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 the money. finances for the house, right? You've, you've filled your cup enough that even the way you do that job, which may not feed your passion in any way, you're still going to do it with joy. You're still going to do it excited because you've been trying to live from passion, right? And I think passion will have you recalibrate conversations, mm. will have you shift things around in your workplace, in your home life, in your relationships, in your whatever you do. Because it's not passion if if it's not bringing fulfillment, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I, I tell people, I tell my church all the time. I say there's people who have high paying jobs, but it is is producing miserable lifestyles because you're doing something for the money. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, right. So passion will have you make less, right? to do more, but your life is fulfilled. Mm. There's contentment, there's satisfaction. I'm happy, for example, I'm passionate about ministry. I'm passionate about people. I'm passionate about life. I'm passionate about my children. But, but you know what really, really, really brings fulfillment? When I can go home to my wife and kids and I can just be Javier. Mm. Yeah. And, and now ministry affords me certain perks that the private the private sector would have never allowed me, and that's to be around my wife on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. and that's to be around my children on a daily basis. So when you measure that with anything else, I'd be like, man, like I don't care about that if I'm not making enough or I'm not in that next conference or I'm not generating this type of stuff because guess what? What are, what really matters to me is that I'm experiencing what brings fulfillment yeah. and I can live with myself. You know what I mean? So uh, there's people who say they're passionate about Jesus and it's very hard for them to surrender their daily life. Is there's people who say they're passionate about the work of the Lord, but they never give their tithes and offerings. You know, there's people who say they they love God, they're passionate about God, but they hate people. <laughs> it's like right. So, so yeah. going back to your to your original question, you have to wrestle with everyday life to really, you know, define if I'm passionate about something or am I just I just like it. Yeah, yeah. 
or I'm lusting yeah. or I'm infatuated with it or it, it, I'm just, you know, doing it for whatever reasons within this. But so I think that the best yeah. way to live a happy, fulfilled life, it is what you just said earlier, is to live from passion. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's what I'm experiencing in this season. Praise God. Praise God. Javier, what advice would you give somebody listening who who's struggling to know what the next step is? Like how 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 does someone begin the journey to start to unpack that? How do they begin to 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 feel like they're getting closer, right? Because everybody struggles with this. We all do, right? Beyond the questions of who am I and what's my purpose and and all of these things. Um, you can live a whole life and never unleash your passion. And that's a scary place. What people? I've dealt with that many years and I spent many seasons doing the work and growing frustrated and discouraged and disappointed and and then realized five years later I'm still struggling with what's next? Who am I? Yeah. Until I discover if we just reverse our psychology, right? Instead of trying to discover who am I, we need to we need to admit or discover who I'm not. Mm. Mm. Wow. You see, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's much easier to sort than it is to dig. <laughs> so instead of asking like who am I, answer who you're not. So, right, I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not this, I don't like this, I don't like that, I don't care about this, I'm not passionate about this, I care less about this, I would never care about that. And once you start sorting all that, you're not, you're left to who you are. Mm. And I think that's about the most simple, practical way, because it's really like this this never-ending road of who am I, who am I, who am I? Mm -hmm. It's right when you think you discover you run into this season of uncertainty, like, oh my God, I don't even know who I am. Here we go again. So, <laughs> it's on so loop. I, God so, has us on continuous loop. <laughs> it, it kind of continues loop. So I think in this, in this, in this journey, you know, uh, in this journey we call life. Yeah. You you go, you constantly moving, 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 moving. And you know, things happen, people come, you know, you see things, you acquire things, and some things want to attach to you, and things come in. You have to constantly sort yourself out. So I think people lose themselves in the journey because people come in and shift their identity. People come in and shift their views. Things come in and they distort the reality. You know, situations take place and it just hurts you. Because pain can also hurt you. Pain distorts your reality. Pain can even distort your identity. You know, you can go from like, I was this person to now like, look what they did to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think as we go through life, we have to constantly do the work of pruning and pruning and cutting and pruning and cutting in order to protect who am I. You know what I mean? So I think to, for starters, I think that I think we have to create the space for reflection. You know, we create we create space to pray, but reflection has allowed me to get to know me. Mm -hmm. You have to learn how to sit with yourself. Yeah. You know, we live in this rat race. 
You yeah. know what I mean? This hustle mindset, always trying to accomplish something, acquire something, acquire something. And then again, we're wrestling with the question every day, who am I? Who am I? So I think you have to learn how to sit with yourself, sit with your thoughts, sit with your emotions, sit with your, your spirit, with your soul, with your desires, with your cravings, you know what I mean? With your plans, with your goals, and start to sort some things out. And as you sort it out, you're left to, this is who I am, who this is who I am. You know, but most people, their answer to who the question, who am I, is connected to what they do. Yeah. We're transactional as 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 a society. Right. Uh, I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a I'm a cop. I'm a pastor. No, who are you? Who is Javier? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that answer literally changes from season to season because, you know, it's like the Bible teaches us, you know, the good work that God began in us, he will continue <laughs> to the last day. Yeah. But I, I, I think that, I think it also makes it easier when we relieve ourselves, relieve ourselves from the pressure of trying to have all the answers. Mm -hmm. Like we, we don't know how to live with a level of uncertainty. We yeah. don't know how to live with that, with that all moments of, I wonder what's going to happen next. We have lost our curiosity. We have lost our imagination. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're 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 so we're we're so fearful of the future that we need answers now in order for me to feel secure about tomorrow. So so I think there's many there's it's not it's never this or that or a one mm -hmm. size fit all or one answer is going to help you. But I think for starters, it's creating the space every day and learn how to sit with yourself. That's so good. Getting, you know, get in tune, you connect with yourself. And I think that I think for starters, I think that's step one. So uh, forget step two, you can even do step one. <laughs> yes, very much so. Um, I, I, I wrote in my book, if you had all the answers, what do we need faith for? Right? Um, that's the reality. We we yeah. don't have all the answers. No. Javier doesn't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. You don't have the answers. Um, spend time with you and spend time with God, the one who has the answers, right? Because we spend all this time arguing between any two points, trying to prove ourselves um, when none of us have absolutes. But we spend more time arguing between any two points than we do spending time with the one who has all the answers. If I can add a little something, something else to that is also get around healthy community. Yes. You know, because I when I teach about community, I, I, I say this, we spend our whole lifetime trying to find ourselves what I realized that sometimes you find yourself when you find the right people. Mm -hmm. So, so yes, yeah, say with yourself, but also get around some people who are healthy that can speak into your life, that can bring some of those things out, that can shape your mindset, that can challenge your point of views. And, uh, and I think that's also part of growing. You know, some people want to grow. Some people want to grow on their own. Like, you know, like I'm a self-made millionaire. Like, no, you're the making of many yeah. things, many people. No one's self-made. Yeah, and I think that there in 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 people in leadership, there's this there's this level this level of pride that we just want to say I did it. You know, it's that lone ranger mentality, right? So so I think that apart from you know setting time and being and being and sitting with yourself is get around community, yeah, get around people and also learn how to grow deep with few people. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and 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 get around people who love you. Who, who love you enough to tell you the truth and have nothing to lose. 
Yeah. Because most of the people who we surround ourselves are yes people. Like, like everyone sees the elephant in the room, but they won't even dare to tell you because they already know how you're going to respond. Yeah. They already know how you're going to react. So, so instead of, instead of um, bringing your, bringing your attention to, to the fact that there's a pink elephant in the room, yeah. they just kind of like, don't say anything because everyone wants to keep the peace. And the elephant begins to eat all of the crap. Yep. The elephant gets fatter and fatter and fatter and pushes people further and further apart. And, and that just strengthens our ability to be fake. Yep. So at the end of the day, that's the reality. I, I think there's three people um, that, that we're always constantly surrounded with. There's the people that see your potential, um, know your potential, um, but envy you so much that they're close enough to have influence, but they're constantly working with the enemy to keep you from reaching your full potential, right? There's the people who um, really don't see you in any light. They, you know, they don't, they, they, they don't influence, they don't not influence. They, you know, really don't see that you have anything that threatens them. So they're just kind of there, right? It's just the people that are just there, the 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 people that are the onlookers, right? And then there's the people who see your potential and they know who you are and they work and collaborate with you to help you continue to be a better you every single day, yes. right? And those are the people that you're talking about, right? The people who will have the, the hard conversations, the people who will tell you what you don't want to hear, but you need to hear, right? Those, those are the people who will be there even when you push them away, right? Those are the people who who are, are going to collaborate in whatever way they can so that you can fulfill your potential, right? So that you can be that best you and do it better every single day. Uh, my goal is to be a better me every single day. I, you know, what? who I was yesterday, today I can be a better me. And I can be a better me if I sit with me, like you said, if I spend time with God and if I'm surrounded by the right people, right? right. And then that living from passion, I'm about working smarter, not harder. So living from passion for me is like, that's what flows most natural for me. Why would I want to spend the majority of my time doing things that don't give me life? Mm -hmm. I want to flip the script and I want to do the majority of my time living things that give me life so that when I'm not doing those things, I can get through that with the same amount of joy, right? It doesn't, it doesn't deplete me in any way. I want to live from what flows the most natural and what flows the most natural is our passion. You, you know, uh, funny you say that because I also, I think if we can add to this, we need pure passion, right? Yeah. We need to get to the purity, to the fluid of passion. Yeah. And I think in order for you to reach that point and discover yourself and know yourself and discover your passion, is to allow yourself to go through this process of elimination. Hmm. You you can yeah. be good at everything, but let's be yeah. good at something. Yeah. I'm gonna be good at something. Let me be good at something that I'm passionate about and that brings life to me, right? So in order for you to do that, you have to make hard decisions to say no to mm -hmm. even the right opportunities and yeah. the right people and the right money and the big doors and the big platforms or the big, you know, to say yes to 
what brings you life. So, and I say that because in the last three years and mostly in the last year, I, I, well, I'll put it to you this way. Five years ago, I made the conscious choice to, to, to not speak. I think last time I spoke outside of my church was five years ago in Orlando when you and I and one of our leaders. Mm -hmm. had, right? So that day I walked away asking myself, what am I building? What am I building? I'm all over the place. I'm traveling here. I'm going there. I'm jumping around from conference, from my church to this conference. But what am I building? So I made the conscious choice to shut it down and, and focus on the local church. Because I'm passionate about the local church. Hmm. I'm passionate about our tribe, about our people. Yeah. And I've only taken four speaking engagements in the last five years. So I had to say no to all that to say yes to what brings life to me. Mm -hmm. And the local church brings life to me because when I hear their stories and I see their, the, what, God, what, God, what, what God is doing and I see the husband come in and the children come back to church and I see how they go from here to there, man, that just brings life to me, right? So in the last five years and most of the last year, I literally have allowed my life to go through this process of elimination from things to people, from events to opportunities, from whatever. And you know what the only thing I'm focusing on right now? This is what brings me life. My family, church, and playing golf. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Lori, that's, those are the only three circles. I've, I'm fully invested. Time, energy, I'm fully invested. Everything else, I'm okay without it. Yeah. You know, people, I know people in the celebrity circuit where they give me tickets for this concert. And I'm like, nah, I don't want to go. And other people are like, oh my God, man, how can you say no to that? People will die for that. I die, exactly. I die to that. Yeah. In order to give my time and energy to what I'm passionate about. So you're only going to find me in three places with my family at church or at the golf course. And, and you've that, done that enough. So whenever you're somewhere else, your your cup is full and it works, right? That's just the way it works. Yes. Like, I'm I'm not I'm not I don't want to sound like I got it all together. But my cup none of us do. My cup is not always full. Yeah. There's enough. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's never empty. There were yeah. seasons when my cup was empty. There was easy seasons where like I was in a drought, you know, scarcity and insufficiency but because you actually either you either you grow up and learn or you repeat the cycle mm -hmm. and i made the commitment not to repeat the cycles mm -hmm. and that has allowed me to like literally get to the point in my life where the thing the three things that i'm involved in which is family church and golf brings me life yeah yeah i'm satisfied when i'm out there in the golf it's more than a sport people think it people think it's funny but I believe that God gifted me golf as a way of literally uh, spending time with me. Because mm -hmm. when I'm out there, I'm in nature. In yeah. the middle of nature. Nature heals. Yeah. She allows you to replenish. You know, most of my sermons are conceived when I'm out there playing golf. Yeah. I'm holding conversation. I'm holding court. I'm, I, in fact, if I want to develop one of my leaders, I invite them to come play golf with me. If I want to have a hard conversation, let's go play golf. If I want to spend time with you, let's go play golf. And that allows me to really cultivate a lot of things. So guess what? Those three things bring me life. I've discovered my passion. I'm passionate for God and people and their growth and their development. 
Um, I'm passionate to teach. I'm passionate about mentoring, coaching this generation. I'm passionate about being a father. And, and I'm very passionate about being a grandfather. Yeah. I think being a grandfather, is, uh, it's, um, it's, it's like redemption, right? <laughs> yes. I have nine grandchildren. <laughs> right? It, it's like, it's redemption. And um, I'm passionate about discovering Javier every single day. Yeah. Yeah. I fall in love with the discovery process. I fall in love with health. I'm falling in love with, you know, like, 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 I'm falling in love with the version, the healthy version of Javier. Praise God. And what he feels and how he sees and how he interacts with my wife or my children, with people in general, you know. Um, and I'm falling in love with that. And that brings me life. Javier, thank you for sharing your authentic self today. Thank you for um, joining us on Passion Point Podcast. Uh, you can follow uh, Javier Buelna on social media, um, RTLA Church. Um, he's a blessing. He's a good human being. And I'm grateful to call you friends. Thank yes. you. We'll Thank see you, you next time. Um, we'll see you next time on Passion Point Podcast.